This is the Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 196. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com. Today, I'm doing a solo show with you. So, just you and me here today. Lisa will not be joining us today. And I just have a couple of things that I want to talk about today. I just want to handle a few misconceptions or a few things that I get emails on quite often. And I just want to talk about those very quickly. It's going to be a, a shorter show. But I think these are important things to uh, address, some things that you can take with you, and hopefully it'll be helpful, especially if you're just starting out or if you haven't drawn a whole lot in colored pencil. Maybe you've been just kind of dibbling and dabbling with it for a few months or a few years and not been real dedicated in learning a lot about colored pencil. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. First misconception that I want to talk about is, and I get questions about this sort of thing quite often. The question comes in a form like this, and it's usually through email, and it's like, John, why are there so many different teachers and instructors online and otherwise, or teaching workshops or in books or wherever, and they talk about this specialized technique with colored pencil. They talk about different ways of executing in colored pencil and using colored pencil as though it were the only way, as though it were um, just the way to do colored pencil and that there's no other room for anything else. And that if, if you're doing something else and not doing it this prescribed way, then... Uh, perhaps you're wrong. You know, you're you're really not a serious artist, or you're not really going to be, be making it as even a hobbyist and creating art that really looks any good. That sort of thing. It's really kind of heartbreaking to me. Um, but the question that I get is, why do teachers do that, or authors, or fill in the blank? Why do they do that? I <laughs> the response that I really have, and I can't answer every email. Um, and if you're listening today and you've emailed me and I've not written you back, you're thinking, yeah, that's an understatement. He never responds to me. And I, and I apologize for that. And I feel, I actually do feel really bad about that, that I cannot email everyone back. I do feel bad about that, but I, it's physically impossible for, for me to do that. Uh, I wouldn't get anything else done if I did that. My priority for answering back emails, and it's always been this way, and it has to remain this way, is to my students. The students that are in my Sharpened Artist Academy, they always get priority. And the comments inside the forums themselves, they get top priority and my undivided attention, always. But here is the thing. I don't know why someone does that. I, You know, I can sit here and you know, it'd be conjecture why someone may do that. I, I can, you know, perhaps speculate, but I think it's the same thing with 
why certain people believe conspiracy theories, why uh, certain teachers, um, you know, try to pretend like or there are certain pencils that you have to use for certain things or certain paper you have to use for certain things. And if you do that, then somehow, you know, somehow I think it's just this idea of um, thinking that maybe they have some kind of specialized knowledge. And so that makes them somehow more than. Um, and so it also keeps any knowledge just outside of your grasp if you believe that someone has some kind of specialized knowledge and you don't. And, you know, um, maybe the Pablo pencils are the hard pencils to use because this particular teacher said they were only for this particular thing. Or maybe the Polychromos pencils are the pencils that you have to use for rendering uh, tight details because they have hard lead and you can't use the Pablo pencils or maybe the soft lead pencil and the list can go on and on. Uh, and maybe you have to use a certain watercolor paper uh, because, you know, whatever. Maybe you have to use uh, Stonehenge paper and there's no other way around it. You know, The list can go on and on, but don't be duped by that. I'm telling you that most of these things just don't matter. And I really do think that part of the problem for a lot of artists in really moving forward in their art with, you know, making uh, advancements in the quality of their work is be due to this kind of attitude that they encounter so often. Um, I, I don't want that to hold you back. I really believe that the role of the teacher is to take difficult material or material that can be overwhelming and break that down into bite-sized chunks, digestible chunks of information to make something that is otherwise difficult, easy and simple to learn. And then you move along. And once you learn something, you don't have to keep going back to it time and time again and wondering, oh, maybe in this, this little nuanced, specialized way uh, with this particular thing, Maybe if the temperature outside is different, I can't use Stonehenge. Or if uh, there's not enough, you know, humidity in the air, I can't, you know, I'm being facetious. But, but my role as a teacher and the greatest satisfaction that I have as, as an art teacher and art instructor, especially teaching online, is the ability to reach so many people and to help them overcome some of these things that have held them back to be able to understand something and then just move forward and make progress measuring the gap um, you know how much progress they have made and being able to look back and say look I didn't understand this now I do this is how it's helped me to be able to create uh, some wonderful pieces of art that before that time I wasn't able to create so, and this is the reason, and this is another question I get a lot, but I'm going to move along quickly here. And I, I will tell you that at the end of this podcast today, I have a free offer uh, for you if you're interested in this. Um, I've got a, a free course that I want to offer you, especially if you're starting out, you're an artist, and you would like to learn some basic techniques just to get started in colored pencil and to start learning quickly and to move forward. So I'll talk more about it in a moment. 
But my role as a teacher is to help you understand things and to conceptualize the larger picture so that you're not dependent on me or you don't have some kind of crutch thinking that you have to follow some some kind of prescribed path, but rather you're able to discern and think and to understand something entirely. And so I'm teaching, when I'm teaching inside the Sharpened Artist Academy, the courses that I'm teaching there, the, the full-length courses, the flagship courses, the beginner's color pencil course, face value, the ultimate color pencil portrait course, in those courses, these longer courses, what I'm doing in those is I'm talking to you about my thought patterns and how I approach something. And so I'm not just giving you a tutorial. I'm not giving you the uh, what to do. I'm te- Of course, I'm giving you the what to do, but I'm also telling you why we're doing what we're doing. That is a big differentiator between many of the craft tutorials that you may stumble across. And there's a time and a place for those. Those are good. They serve a purpose. Looking at a beginner's book and figuring out, you know, what pencils someone used, uh, that's good. It helps. There's a time, though, to move beyond that. In the beginner's course, I talk about how to create your own original artwork. And so that's always my goal. I'm trying to help someone to understand the things that took me years sometimes to grasp. Other times it didn't take that long. But to have it boiled down and distilled into a methodical process instead of searching around looking at hundreds of pages in a book or hundreds of hours of a video. So yes, instead, my goal has been to always Take all this information that you need to understand and to know and make it accessible to you. But not just tell you what to do, but tell you why you're doing what you're doing or why I'm doing what I'm doing. And then if it applies to what you're doing, then that's great. Okay, secondly, another big misconception is that you have to use solvent. You have to use some type of specialized other thing with colored pencils that you cannot just use the pencils themselves uh, that that's somehow inferior uh, that you have to use water with watercolor pencils that you have to use solvent with oil or wax based pencils that you have to you know do a number of other things and use a number of other specialized tools in order to get or to achieve a certain look certainly like a, a painterly look a very saturated look, then all of these things you have to do. You have to use these things. And if you don't, somehow your work is uh, less than good, uh, inferior, fill in the blank. Um, yeah, No, I, I don't agree with that at all. Um, and I can point to a number of my friends, some well-known artists who have won awards nationally and internationally and have used pencils and paper and an eraser. That's it. And can create some of the most compelling, the most realistic works of art that will just make your jaw drop. So there, you know, and again, this may be just one of those things where it's maybe a misconception in the mind of those that push for this kind of thing constantly. Uh, And it could be that, again, it's just like, 
there's a specialized knowledge curse that if you do something a certain way, that maybe uh, that's necessary, that maybe you have to do it that way, or maybe uh, doing it some other way just to make us feel better about ourselves if we're someone who does that, that maybe, you know, this is the only way, you know, I I don't know. I don't know why um, some artists will advocate that that's, you know, you have to do it that way. You, You don't, clearly you don't. And that somehow leaving the white of the paper is bad or that you can't mix certain mediums. You know, I don't I don't know why that is. And I, and I get questions about that. I'm, I'm sure Lisa gets questions about that as well. And other artists do as well. But I don't know why certain artists uh, want to just sort of marginalize an entire group of other colored pencil artists. Another uh, one that's a, a real big one that I hear a lot is with regard to burnishing and very similar to using solvent, the misconceptions around burnishing. There's a lot of misconceptions about what burnishing is, and those are very interesting. But some of the ones that I've heard, and there's videos out here on this kind of thing as well. You know, I'm talking about like on YouTube about, um, oh, use a pink eraser and create a gradation in your color and then use the pink eraser to rub that area and create this gradated area and that's burnishing well that it's really not burnishing um and then other prominent websites sometimes will say well actually burnishing means putting down a lot of layers in colored pencil until you can't layer anymore you know and and that's burnishing that's really not burnishing either the term burnishing in a very simple sense of the word just means to polish and in pencil art you know graphite is the same what we're talking about is pressing hard pressing hard enough that you're moving all the pigment in colored pencil you're moving the pigment into the white of the paper you're pressing hard you're creating a polished look when you do that doesn't mean layering. Layering is a different technique. It could be that you are burnishing or you're pressing hard using heavier pressure to the point of the pencil um, to get all of the white down into the paper by the time you've built up a whole bunch of layers. That could be what's going on. But layering, yeah, by itself does not mean burnishing. Um, And burnishing also does not mean using a burnishing pencil exclusively. Yeah, you can use a burnishing pencil, and that would be uh, pressing hard with a burnishing pencil, a pencil that has no pigment in it, only wax, only binders, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's burnishing. But it doesn't mean that you exclusively have to do that, or that you have to use a white pencil or a lighter pencil. You can use any color of pencil that you want. You can also use... A lot of different things to burnish. You can use a paper stump to burnish if you want. Because, again, burnishing means pressing really hard and pushing those pigment layers down into the paper. So you have that polished look. Now, that's what burnishing means. You know, I I don't know why, again, there's misconceptions with this. It's not really a difficult concept, but for some reason... There is just a lot of uh, confusion around that particular concept. 
So there, there you have it with that. I, I want to move on from there. So at the time of this recording, I'm recording this on March the 30th, 2019, and this is National Pencil Day. So Hyman Lippmann, he received a patent for an eraser attached to the end of the pencil, and that was back in 1858. So we have a very rich history in our country, in the United States of America, with uh, the pencil. But around the world, uh, there has been a big influence over time with regard to the use of this instrument, this writing tool that goes back, you can trace the roots back to ancient Greece and Rome. Actually, uh, there's a book that I have written by Henry Petrosky, and it's called The Pencil. It's 449 pages long. Uh, I've not gotten through the book, but it's very interesting, and he traces the roots uh, of the pencil, and it's just it's a fascinating thing. My point is this. Um, where would we be without the pencil? Think about that. Contemplate that. Um, it's, it's something to think about. Where would I be? Where would you be? If you're a colored pencil artist, where would you be without, without this, this instrument that we use? And maybe we often take it for granted. But I'm very thankful that we have the pencil. All right, so let me talk about something that I've got for you then. In celebrating this particular event, um, you know, I came up with something I've worked on for quite a while. I came up with this course, and it's free for right now, and it'll be free for a couple of days, depending on when you listen to this. Um, this comes out on Monday, and the course will be free until Wednesday night. So if you have time still, uh, go over there and grab it. The link will be in the show notes. But after that, uh, it won't be on sale for it won't be free. It won't be made free anymore. I want to talk to you quickly about what I'm doing uh, in this course and what I do in most of my courses. But I I talk to you, I hold you by the hand and I talk to you about how I think about what I'm doing. And I take you through a methodical process. It involves more than just certain techniques. We talk about the overall composition of the subject and its placement on the paper. We talk about the artistic mood or the feel of the subject that we're drawing. We talk about the relative values and there are certain techniques and the way that I like to handle certain things with colored pencil is I like to give you the stroke that I, I want you to employ the stroke that makes everything else easier. There's one stroke that you can use and you can master very, very quickly, and it makes the drawing process nearly effortless. Once you get that down, everything else um, is nearly subordinate to mastering that technique. The second thing is, I talk about the fact that, uh, and if you've been in any of my classes, you probably will recognize some of this discussion, but... There's no such thing as line. Uh, that's something that we've made up. And so I talk a lot about edges and I talk about shadows and talk about the light and value scale. Going from a gradated total saturation of the paper to the white of the paper. And if you learn just a couple of these concepts, just about two or three concepts, you learn how to master those, then you can draw anything. You can draw anything after that. 
And there's some, some ways then of developing your eye to be able to understand where to look in the reference so that you can depict that and you can render that as a beautiful piece of artwork. And so I'm, I'm really taking a subject matter that I think makes a lot of sense and employs these same techniques and th- this way of thinking about art that I just talked about. It makes it so much easier when you use a subject that employs all of these things that we talked about. And that's what I'm doing in this particular course. So go ahead and check it out if it's right for you. If it's something that you're interested in, just go ahead and uh, sign up for it. The class, this particular course, it will start on Saturday. And so we'll all be walking through this uh, together. There's already hundreds of people that have signed up already. Uh, but there's still time for you to get in if you're interested in doing that. And it should be a lot of fun. That's one of the things that uh, I think art should be. It should be fun. (laughs) And I think a course is a lot of fun. And we get to interact with one another. We get to talk inside the forums and share our work. You know, you can upload your work that you're working on and share it in there, and that's a lot of fun as well. Or if you're someone that doesn't like to do that, then you can just... Get in there, get the, uh, the videos, get the materials, and do it at your own pace, that sort of thing. That's totally fine as well. So, all right, that's all I had today, and I hope that this has been helpful. If you have any questions at all, you want to reach out, you can always email me, podcast at sharpenedartist.com. You can comment in the show notes, sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. This is a weekly show, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.